listening to the Dynamic Women podcast. Each week, you'll be inspired by our global community of women. They'll share with you tools and stories to help you be dynamic in every area of life. He's your host, award-winning coach, and the CEO and founder of Dynamic Women, Diane Ralston. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Have you ever wondered, how do you stay at home and have peace with children? Well, today I have got Deborah Woods here, and she's going to tell us in the most lovely way how to make this work. So welcome, Deborah. Glad to be here. Now, let me tell you a little bit more about Deborah um, so that you can understand more about how she came to be in this place where she knows a lot about kids and really how to speak their language. And if, if I'm going to put it in my words, how to have them act how we want them to act, um, but in a way that they get to come from their own independence and their own confidence. So um, Deborah is, uh, so Deborah Woods is a national certified counselor. She is in the state of Missouri for all my US friends out there. Uh, she has spent more than 15,000 hours playing with kids with 30 plus years of experience. She's worked with hundreds of kids and their moms, dads, and grandparents. So whoever is the kind of parent at the time or, or caregiving for them. Deborah discovered playful connection makes the biggest positive impact on a child's life. So cool to know. Um, and this is from her words, facing overwhelming struggles as a mom raising a son with special needs, I was determined to triumph over the challenges that stood in the way of my son's happy childhood. I discovered that connection and play were the key to reducing our stress levels and empowering him with great people skills. Wow. I've, I've known you for a while, Deborah. I know that you're amazing at what you do. I've even seen you at work with my daughter when we went on our own little hangout play date. Um, and I'm just so excited to bring you to our community. And I know that you are going to have such a great impact. Um, so welcome again. Hi. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you. I, uh, I remember the day that we uh, went out to the park with your daughter and uh, had so much fun. It was a lovely day. Yeah, you modeled the play with her really well. Um, it was really cool for me to just watch you at work, but not at work. Just being with, being with her was amazing. And the way she responded to you was, was super cool. And so being that I'm currently at home with two children, just based on the way the world is right now, um, I have my five-year-old and eight-year-old at home. And so I am in need of, of your um, words of wisdom, as well as many of the moms that are, that are working from home right now, and dads and grandparents and everything, but for especially our dynamic women community. Now, I'll share specifically more of the things that, that Deborah is going to cover. So she's going to talk about a little known secret that moms need to know about how to have peace at home with kids. She's going to discuss why kids can't just play with other kids to relieve their stress and why they need moms to help them process their stress through a special process. And she's going to be sharing with us what happens when moms use this special stress relieving play with their own kiddos. So I love that your language already in, in what you shared, um, through the write-up is, you know, very accessible to us. And I, I trust that you're going to kind of continue on that path um, so that we can really understand this magical language that you seem to have with children. <laughs> to, to start us off, what kinds of things do you help moms with? Being a mom can just be so hard. And there are so many things that we're busy with in the day. And we, as a mom, you want to be successful in all the things that you do, but especially you want to feel close and connected and loved and appreciated by your kids. And when your kids are having emotions and they're expressing those emotions, it can be uncomfortable. And as moms, we can be really hard on ourselves and feel like when our kids are unhappy and having strong emotions, we can take that personally and feel like a failure. And so I help moms with how they can help their kids process their stress, how they can um, manage their kids' uncomfortable feelings and still stay in a place of confidence of knowing 
that it's okay for their kids to have uncomfortable feelings and that they can respond to those feelings in a way that they are confident that they're still a good mom, even if their kid's not happy at the moment. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what I find too is that, and this is just in my dynamic and what I've seen in my friends is that the mom tends to get the worst of it. Um, oh yeah in families where the mom is around more often. And so that's at least the case in, in my family. I, I often, my kids, yeah, give me the worst of it. Cause I'm the one that has to lay down the law more often. Uh, and I'm like the less fun one because <laughs> I'm making them do stuff where my hubby can kind of just stroll in at the end of the day and, and be silly with them and that, or I'm like, sit down, and eat your dinner. So it's a, a different dynamic for sure. Yeah, and there's there's another there's another element that comes into play with that, and that is that we as moms love our children unconditionally, and they know that. So we tend to be that safe place for them to come in and unload everything on us, take it out on us, because they know that we're still going to be there, we're still going to love them, even if they're not so nice to us all the time. <laughs> Okay, I'm self-managing hugely right now because we've had some trouble with my son, but I'm going to take us through the other questions and I'm going to see if I can kind of come up with my own answer. And if not, I'm going to ask questions at the end, um, if that works. And for anyone else who is joining us live, feel free to pop in the chat room uh, any questions that you have uh, so that we can, you know, get have Deborah answer the, the pressing questions that, that you have. And know that at the end, um, Deborah will share with us some, um, some resources that she has uh, that can definitely take you ahead. And you can access it from anywhere you are, which is super important. But there's going to be lots of value that she gives today as well. So um, play is a big thing. So what happens when parents play with kids in this special way that you teach? So there are seven benefits that I want to highlight that mm-hmm. parents get. And the first of those is that when parents play in this special way with their children, it actually heals the stress and trauma of the day. Mm-hmm. That there are a number of, of chemicals that are released in the body when we're under stress cortisol and adrenaline and those things do damage to the body when we're under stress. Mm. And so some of the things that happen in play actually heal that. And so when we look at whenever we are playing in this way with our children, it creates a lot of joy. Mm. Uh, When kids come into my playroom, they are very happy to play with me in these ways. And so, so what happens is a lot of joy and happiness is generated. And when that happiness and joy is generated, what actually is happening in the body and in the brain is the brain is releasing dopamine. Dopamine is the joy hormone. And that joy hormone actually physically helps to heal and counteract the effect of cortisol and adrenaline. And so, so scientifically, you're actually creating what it takes to physically heal and create health and well-being in your children when you play with your kids in this way. The other hormone that combats the stress is the love hormone, oxytocin. And when we play with our children in this way, it releases the the love and attachment, the bonding hormones between the parent and the child. And again, those counteract cortisol and adrenaline in the body and create that sense of of being able to heal from stress. Like, how cool is that? Amazing. Amazing. And before you go through the other seven benefits, I just think it's really important to... um, you talk about special way to play and uh, can you just kind of briefly describe, I know you have like a, a proper process to teach this and you have a program that, that really goes into detail so that um, it's really easy to follow. But I think that it's very important that the listeners today really know that it is not just a parent playing a game with a child. So can you just define that so that this special way of play is really understood? Because that's, that's part of the trick to this. Yeah, that, that's the real trick. In, this, in the special way that 
we have of playing with children. It's a way that puts kids in charge. It puts them in charge of how they're going to play. Um, I talk about kid size decisions versus mom size decisions and how a child plays, what they choose to play with, how they choose to spend the playtime. Um, those kinds of things empower the child and puts them in a situation of, of making a lot of choices and decisions on their own. When we come in with acceptance and follow their lead, allow them to tell us how they want us to play and follow along with them in a way that um, has a lot of awe and wonder to it, a lot of really respecting them and accepting them. Of course, there's some limits that need to be said and I teach how to do that. There's some specific things that um, go around making it safe and I set the guidelines for that. But when we recognize kids' feelings, when we create an environment that gives them permission for this special time, mm. not all the time, just for this special, specific time, they know that they have this room to just be themselves and to play any way that they want to as long as it's safe. And uh, in doing that, that gives them the opportunity to then play out their stress. And if you watch kids when they're playing during this time, because of the, the freedom that, that we're giving them and the communication that's set up between the parent and child, they will play about the things that are on their minds. Hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And I wanted to make sure that that was said because I can remember years ago when, when I met you and I started to learn about this process of play in a special way, my husband would say, well, I'm going to go play with the kids. And his idea was, let's go play sports in the park. Like, I'm going to throw a ball to you and you're going to catch it and, or you're going to hit a ball. And so mm -hmm. it was a, a very controlled by the parent type of play. It, yes. we're, we're going to play a board game. And so it was very controlled. And so once I heard about this, I was like, oh, this is different. Okay. Yes. So take us through the other benefits because this is the buy-in for us to really like, okay, I see where the piece comes from. I see how this is helpful. Yeah. Well, so that actually leads us into the very next benefit. One of the things that causes depression and anxiety in children is the sense that they feel powerless. They feel helpless. Um, so much of a child's life is controlled by adult decisions. There are so many things all day long that um, even video games is an adult-led um, activity. An adult wrote the script. An adult tells a child how the game is to be played. When we, when we play a board game with a child or when we play sports, those are all things that are decided and determined outside of the child from someone else. And so when, when a child is allowed to play in a way that they're making all of the decisions about how to play, they feel this sense of self-control over their own life. They feel the sense of, oh, I have some place that I'm in control. I get to make the decisions here. Yeah. And when that happens, the stress goes down. It's, there's this word in psychology that we call self-efficacy when we feel like we have that that sense of self-efficacy that we control our lives we feel more empowered we feel more independent more in control and emotionally healthier wow i'm so excited by that my dynamic you program the confidence piece has the self-efficacy and I find that that's something that a lot of people aren't talking about and mm -hmm. how cool, like I'm excited right now. I'm like, wow, I didn't, I didn't click in that I could build self-efficacy in my children by playing with them. Like I don't yeah. need to read a book to them about self personal development or anything or try to, to come up with bigger life lessons. It's just play. Okay. Keep going. More benefits here. So there's, Whenever we are playing with our children and we're doing it in a way that is um, using a system, a way of doing it over and over, and our children are experiencing all of these positive emotions mm -hmm. and they're seeing our face and they're hearing our voice, it actually classically conditions us 
as a trigger for positive emotions for our children. So later when they see us outside of the playroom, they hear our voice, they see our face, and they're flooded with positive emotions. The positive emotions that were set in the playtime are triggered outside of the playtime. We call that anchoring. Hmm. So later when I'm telling them something they have to do, they're, they're more likely to associate me and my voice with happy things rather than the discipline person. The one who's yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I like that longer lasting positive feeling. It, you know, I guess it's kind of like when, you, when your partner uh, or a friend does something kind for you and then the next time you're kinder and loving to them. That's cool. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you're actually associated with positive memories and positive emotions for them. And so um, it just makes everything go smoother the rest of the week. And so what are the other benefits? When children are empowered with play, they're, when we come alongside of them and give them a process for a strategy for processing their uncomfortable feelings, Mm -hmm. They're actually empowered with coping skills for resilience. Like now I know what to do when I feel stressed. I often hear kids um, say, I'm going to play about this next week with Miss Deborah. I'm going to play about, like they know that they can look forward to playing about something that's bothering them in their next special playtime. And so now they have skills for handling their stress so they don't have to melt down. They don't have to, and sometimes it's not melting down and acting out. Sometimes it's that going off the rails with silliness, like they get so silly that you can't, you can't get through to them. Some, that's another sign of stress. And so that, that experience of when I know I have a way of processing my stress, then when stressors come up, we don't experience them subjectively as being stressful. Like we say, oh, that's one of those small things that I don't need to sweat. We subjectively experience those things as being less stressful. Does that make sense? Yes. And as a child, they're not sitting there going, well, this is just a stressful situation. And like adults will really right. to, to be self-aware and break it down. And I was laughing when you said silliness, because that has that is a huge thing in our house. Um, and actually I catch myself saying, stop being so silly. And mm -hmm. then I think, oh my gosh, as an adult, are they not gonna be funny or playful because I, they've heard me say, stop being so silly, or you're being silly, stop. Um, uh, you don't have to unpack that, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I catch myself. Right. And, and to know, and for me now to realize that the silliness is coming from their attempt to get rid of the stress. I'm imagining that with more consistent special play that my child will, will be able to say, when's our next playtime? Yeah. Or I'll yeah. be able to say, do you need a playtime? Mm -hmm. Special. Yes. Okay. Yes. And the last, the last benefit, um, probably one of my favorites is when children engage in imaginative pretend play, they actually develop empathy. Role playing in play builds empathy in children. When they, when they play out, when they play house and they take on the role of being mom, when they play nurse, when they play doctor, um, they have more empathy for people in those other roles. So when, when, uh, when a little boy plays house and he takes on the role of mom and he's loving and nurturing the baby, um, we don't need to be worried and nervous about that. We need to understand, oh, he's developing empathy for me as a mom. And hey, that's a really good thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. The, the seven benefits are super deep with and long lasting, which is really amazing. Now, a question that we've had come in says, well, what happens uh, when the kids get frustrated with the play? So there's all these positive emotions that come from the special play, but what happens if they're frustrated in the play? So what can you say to that? Yeah, that's, that's actually 
that's actually a really good opportunity. When, when children come into my playroom and they play and they have all these positive feelings, that's a good thing that they're experiencing feelings. But I sometimes feel like, well, when are we going to get to the negative feelings that they have? When are we going to get to the real stuff? You know, and when children have frustration, there's a whole set of skills that I use to take them through that and to recognize that they're feeling frustrated and, and put some words to it. Wow, you feel really frustrated. And so what happens is kids pick up the languaging that I use. And the next time they're, they're feeling frustrated outside of the session and something else, they're more likely to say, mom, I'm feeling frustrated instead of melting down. And, and I'm still after 30 years surprised when parents come back in and say, yeah, my kid is like not melting down. They're like using their words. And I'm like, yep, it's that pairing of the feeling word in the play session when they're feeling the feeling that equips them we can sit them down and show them worksheets and talk to them about the feelings all we want to but they don't have the brain development to understand it but in the playroom when they're feeling it and i put the words to it the pairing of the word and the experience is what empowers them to be able to use their words outside of the playtime totally makes sense and there's something I wanted to say around, oh, um, you talking about the feelings of the different feelings of frustration. I know I have a book of yours that talks about the different feelings. Um, uh, maybe now is a time of how would someone get that book? Is that a for purchase book on Amazon? Is that a, um, a one that you give to people? I don't, I don't remember how I got uh, it. Yeah, it's called Brave Empathy, a Feelings Field Guide. Awesome. It's actually a combination between a um, photo picture book. If you just look at the pictures, the research shows if, the, if you look at positive pictures, it can actually um, help you to adjust your feelings towards uh, feeling better. Huh. So all of the pictures are positive, but it's a feeling word dictionary. And so there's, there's 40 positive, comfortable feeling words and 40 uncomfortable feeling words with uh, very simple, straightforward definitions. Um, it's designed for adults. It's not designed for children, but it's designed to help parents uh, enlarge their feeling word vocabulary. I actually found I was stuck on two or three feeling words in the playroom and I wanted to expand my own feeling word dictionary, oh, wow. feeling word vocabulary. And so I wrote yeah. the book. <laughs> Perfect. And how would someone get that book? It's on Amazon. Perfect. And uh, I'll give you a link. <laughs> yeah, that'll be in the, uh, for the podcast, it'll be in the show notes. Um, and then we'll um, make sure people know how to get a hold of, of you at the end as well. Cool. Okay. And actually that's, I'm going to have my husband read that one too, because I think, um, and I'm going to make a general stereotype here. A lot of men don't know all the feeling words as well. Um, and so I think that would be good for him and for me to do a, a refresher on that. My so, husband has two feeling words. I say, honey, how do you feel? And he says, I feel good. Honey, how do you feel? I feel bad. So I say, what flavor of good? <laughs> what, what flavor of bad? <laughs> true. Very true. Or uh, what? I'm fine. <laughs> that's, that's often what I get. So um, maybe some parents are at a space right now where they're, they're, around their kids more often or you know they're having kids that are stressed out that are having meltdowns that are disrespectful that don't listen um kids are and parents are in conflict i know this is you know when i was uh past two weeks i was working while my husband was at home with the kids um and it's been very stressful and they're yeah negativity and all that. So with that, you know, my son even started hitting, which is a like other than him hitting with um with my daughter, like obviously he loves to bother her and mm -hmm. he's 5 and she's 8 and he loves to to you know push her buttons and bother her and just that whole dynamic. You know, they're around each other all the time. I keep saying, let's take them outside. Let's run them, you know, run them around so they can get rid of that. 
but why is it that kids can't just play with other kids and get get rid of these feelings like what's going on there why why do i have to be involved why can't they just do it what's happening there that's a great question diane if you think about it kids all have their own agenda they all have their own stress they all they all have their own needs and a child can't lay down their agenda in order to be able to be there for another child. Yeah. And honestly, we really don't want them to. Um, when I have siblings in my playroom and, and one is always acquiescing to the other, it really is a sign of not, not a healthy relationship. Mm. But as a parent, we can understand that our children are stressed. We can understand what they need. And if they need for us to get shot and pretend to be dead and then come back to life and then get shot and pretend to be dead and get come back to life and then they poison us and we're dead again and then they need to give us a shot and bring us back to life and then they have to okay so uh you know, all of these things that they come up with for us to do, we can have the patience with our kids. We understand the magic behind that, that they're working out something that's really valuable, that, that this play that they're doing has really significant meaning to them. They can't tell you, they can't talk about it. They can't say, hey, what I really need is they just want to play it out. And yeah. it's the way that they're problem solving. It's the way that they're making sense of the world but we can be patient with them. A lot of conflicts between children when they're playing is because I wanna have my turn, you know? Um, you know, I'm tired of always losing. Well, we as, as an adult can be resilient enough if we need to lose the sword fight a hundred times, we can lose the sword fight a hundred times because they have a need to win. And so whatever that need is, we can hold space for them to do that. We can, we can be strong enough in ourselves to be able to lay our agenda aside for 20 to 30 minutes once a week to be able to do this. Whereas other kids can't do that for one another. They just, yeah, they all have their own needs and they don't, they don't have that same understanding to be able to do it for one another. And so it takes some higher level skills than what they're able to do for one another. Besides, when we do that for our kids, we have this window into their soul that we, we get to see their perspective of what they think about themselves, what they think about, what they think about the world, what they, mm -hmm. what, what's on their mind, what are they feeling? Um, it's a, a way of understanding what they're attempting to communicate and what they're working on. And um, if we're not there to see it, we're missing out. Yeah, and if I, if I can share it just with an experience, um, you know, the past couple of weeks, my husband being with the kids, like, God bless him, he struggled like a lot. And part of it, he was trying to do his own agenda, you know, trying to do stuff on the computer and that, and the kids were trying to get his attention. And so um, there's a lot of hitting and yelling and screaming between mm -hmm. them, and it just broke my heart. But I also know that I get frustrated as well. And so the one morning I, I normally have been jumping on these 8 a.m. calls with my community and uh, he comes in the room, my son comes in the room and I attempted the, you know, adult talk of what's going on, buddy. And like, what are you feeling? And he had nothing to say, nothing. And I went, oh, what would Deborah do? Wouldn't try to talk to him. <laughs> That's silly. Duh. Um, you know, but in the work I do, it's like, well, let's get to the bottom of this and let's help you. And so I thought, okay, what can I do? I can play. And so we did this, like, he pulls the covers over our head. We're hiding because there's a dragon coming. And uh, again, a type in me is like, how many times do we have to hide from this dragon? Like, can we move on from this? And I was like, what would Deborah do? Deborah would just go along with the game. So here we are, like, you know, getting all hot with your face covered and but I'm like, okay, what's happening now? And he's like, shh, shh, we can't talk. 
I'm like, okay, and then we're safe and then we're not, and then we're safe and we're not. And it kept going and it kept going. And so remembering, I'm glad you said that, remembering that just for this 20, 30 minutes, once a week, that's all it takes, 20, 30 minutes, once a week, let them make the rules, let them be in charge. And playing that time, I didn't actually say this is your special play time. I just like went with it. But at the end, he was calm. Yeah. At the end, he talked more. At, and, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this does work. <laughs> and my daughter is a bit of a boss, like I can be. So when they play, she's making the rules. She's telling him what they're going to do. She's coming up with the ideas that he has to be silent. So to, to let his imagination roll and for me to just suck it up that we were like breathing each other's hot air for 20 minutes under the covers, like whatever, it made life easier. And so I think the the big thing that I want to make sure that everybody hears is it's only special play 20 to 30 minutes and you can have that piece. That's, that's the big thing here. Um, now, before I go into my other questions, we do have another question I want to um, ask, but did you have something else you wanted to share there? Yeah, I just wanted to say with, with what's going on in the world right now, this piece that, that you're describing, that play is so typical, like we're doing it on, I'm doing a lot of telehealth play sessions and what's happening in telehealth is the children are taking the, uh, the cameras and we're having earthquakes. The world is all shook up uh, and we're doing a lot of, they're bringing their cameras under their, under their covers. And um, I actually crawled with my computer under a table the other day and we just laid in our safe places and laid our heads down in our safe places. And we said a lot of, oh, it just feels so good just to be safe together in the world. Just safe together. Yeah, so this play is really typical for this time. And as adults, we may not understand that this is the language that children are using to express what this is like for them right now. Wow. Mm -hmm. And uh, because you just brought up, you know, actually working on through, I guess, Zoom or whatever you're doing with the kids, Mm -hmm. I just want to let everyone know if you're in Missouri, you have won the jackpot. You get to bring your kids to Miss Deborah, as she's called uh, by her kids. Uh, If you're not in Missouri, don't worry. You can still... um, use Deborah's courses and stuff to support you as a parent to be able to bring in special playtime. And so I just wanted to make sure that we're aware of that because um, uh, based on the restrictions, you can only work in your own state. And so I just wanted people, people to know that. Um, or if you already knew that, to not be discouraged because there are other ways of, of working with you. Um, now, one of the, the questions here is for older children who for reasons beyond their control missed bonding over play, are their t- the tactics the same? And so for this um, question, uh, I know that the, the child is early teens, I think 12, uh, and you can uh, confirm, um, but I think 12 and um, adopted. So just wanna add that in, in case there's any extra tactics that you can share. There's, there's a range where I take it on a case-by-case basis with each child. Um, it used to be that 12-year-olds would, would feel perfectly comfortable playing in, in the playroom and some things, and, and we're adjusting. Pe- kids are feeling much more grown up, much younger and younger in the world. And so we just transition over to um, activities and, and art. Um, I, have a, I have an art room that has, is packed with all kinds of art supplies. And honestly, I do exactly the same process in the art room. It's just we're using art stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, this was a foster care impact. So um, any, like, what would you say if, it, if this is like the first time you're playing with a, what could be considered an older child? Um, it's not as easy if you just like play with a younger child, you could just go right into it. But with an older child, are there any tactics to kind of getting that going in the beginning? Because it might, it would feel out of like different if they've never done it. 
right in. It has to do with just presenting, um, like you ask them like what they like to do, what kinds of things do they enjoy doing. And sometimes, sometimes they like throwing a ball around. Sometimes they like, sometimes we play soccer. Sometimes we, you know, we're just kicking the ball around and they're making up their own rules or, um, Sometimes it's sometimes they want to use an art canvas and and paint something. Um, it, it's a matter of just finding out what hooks their interest and allowing the process to unfold, allowing them to use the materials in whatever way and and not not teaching them, not asking questions, but allow just being with them and doing the art with them in the way that they want to do it. It's again, allowing them to lead the process, allowing them to lead what, what direction they want to go, whether they want to like control how to, how to kick a ball around or, or yeah. blow bubbles or, you know, whatever, whatever kind of activity they're showing interest in, or whether it's the art stuff, presenting enough art materials for them to choose how they want. Um, slime is a really good one. We make a lot of slime with, um, <laughs> with the, with the kids in the, uh, you know, 12 to, to 16 range. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, in a moment, I'm going to ask you about what is that five-step process that moms can use to have more peace at home. Um, but before that, I like I had to laugh. There's someone very famous that's just famous for being famous that's online. I won't mention any names, but this woman loves makeup. And she was trying to do her own like tutorial of her makeup. And her daughter kept coming in and they have a mansion and they have like six bathrooms and she was hiding out in the guest bedroom in the guest bathroom. And you know what she said? I just want five minutes. I just want to do this video tutorial. Basically, I just want to have some peace. Like this is for mommy. And it, it made me laugh because I was like, oh my gosh, like you've got nannies galore and you've got all this money and you've got all this, but you have the same problem that us common folk do right so what can moms yeah. who want to have the kind of peace that you're talking about do like what can we actually do especially now that like my kids are home 24 7 with me but i need to run a business so what can we do so there's a couple of things one is realizing that um one is realizing that all of that attention seeking behavior is connection seeking you're there and yet you're not there you're doing you're doing work you're not available for attention and that's really hard it's a lot easier when they're at school and they're not with you to accept that you're not available but that desire for that connection with you whenever they're feeling stressed is something that they're they're pushing to have that connection so first of all appreciating the fact that they want to connect with you kind of reframing it from from they're wanting my attention and they're underfoot but really um establishing that that special playtime is a way of meeting their need so that they are able to get their needs met so that they know that they have that time to look forward to so that they can allow you then to have that and part of it is when you learn the skill some of the skills that i teach you can satisfy their need for that connection in a simple statement or two and they're you're able to walk through a room and say say a couple of lines and then you've met the need Wow. So you're like a child whisperer. <laughs> <laughs> I've been called that. Yes. <laughs> okay. Talk, talk to us about this five step process that moms can use to have more peace at home. And obviously this is for dads and grandparents and whoever is the caregiver, but we have dynamic women listening. Um, and so let's, let's focus on our moms here. Yeah. So, so step one is pick a time. Um, I recommend about 20 to 30 minutes once a week. Once a week is a good pace to be able to have that, that they can look forward to knowing that it's going to happen again. And I don't, I'm not real big about that. It has to be a full 20 to 30 minutes. And at this point, like whatever you can do, like seriously give yourself grace, but 20 to 30 minutes is enough. Like it's enough to know that you don't have to do it for any more than 30 minutes to get the results. So pick a time. Then you're going to pick a place. Where? Where are you going to have your special playtime? And you want to pick a place that's safe. You don't want to pick a place that's 
got, you know, like it's a museum. They're going to break stuff if they get wild and crazy in the space. So you want to pick a space that's fairly safe. It can be an inside place. It can be an outside place. Pick a space, an environment. Then you're going to choose, um, then you're going to allow kid size decisions in that playtime. You want to, you want to have your mind set up that in this time, there's lots and lots of ways that kids can decide for themselves how they're going to be. And I take it so far as if they are calling a truck a dinosaur, so what? They get to decide. <laughs> so I, I really... I really encourage kids to just decide all those things. And the way I allow them to do that is I just don't decide for them. I just, I trust that they can do it. And it's just a matter of just allowing it and accepting it and just making room for that. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, a lot of that has to do with just not correcting, not teaching, just allowing. So we're picking a space. We have our environment. We're allowing kid-sized decisions. And part of my um, program, I go through what's a kid-sized decision, what's a mom-sized decision. I, I get really clear about all that. And then the, the fourth step is to come along. When the child is leading the play, they're making the decisions, it's our job to come along with them and to to join in that when they invite us to to be a part of it to and then the final step is to engage it's an active process it's not sitting back and being passive there's a way of of engaging with our words what we say to kids a lot of times I watch parents um you know parents tend to post a lot of videos on online on Facebook and stuff playing with their kids and the one piece that's really missing is they don't know what to say they don't know what to say. And so I, I have a way of responding to kids play and I teach that in my program so that people know like, what do you say to kids to stay actively engaged so that you're not just sitting back passively saying nothing. Yeah, that piece, when I learned that from you, that was huge because the A type in me wants to take over and wants, and then the mm -hmm. creative in me wants to come up with really cool ideas to add to the game. And then like, I just, I just ruin it. Um, it becomes fun for me. And, and if I don't get to say those things, I was like, well, what am I supposed to say? Yep. And so, yeah, yeah, have that. Yeah. We tend to say all those things that, that put us in the lead because we don't know what to say to stay in that position of following. And so I teach you specifically, um, what to say to follow. And what's, what was great about that for me was I could just sit back and be led and sit back and play without having to figure it out that's i was like when we were going under the covers i was like who's coming <laughs> he's like it's a dragon it's, so like, it's a dragon <laughs> it's so relaxing to just just it's so peaceful just to relax into allowing our child to lead us into this place of their imagination, knowing that it's purposeful and it's meaningful and it, it's like they're literally taking us on this journey that's important to us, that we can just relax and trust them, knowing that they're perfectly capable of leading us in this land of imagination that they're taking us into. Yeah, they get to, to pull us along rather than us having to push to make it happen. Yes. Yeah, so nice. I really appreciate you sharing that five-step process, um, kind of the, the surface level of it. And I know that you go much deeper. Um, how, can, how can people get your five-step process? How can they actually learn what mom and kid decisions are? How can they learn this language? Um, can you share with our listeners how they can, how they can get this from you? Yeah, I put together a, um, a mini course that they can, it's about an hour of training broken down into really small bite-sized pieces. Uh, most moms I know don't have an hour to sit down in front of a video and learn a process. And so, so I broke it down into small steps that they can um, be able to take it at their convenient moments. Uh, but within an hour of, of time, you've got that training. And uh, I, 
I, I condensed all of my 30 years of expertise and training and all the things that I went to and said, what do they really have to know to be successful at just getting started and to have a really enjoyable time with this, knowing that of course there's much more that you can learn and I have other ways you can engage with that. What do they need just to get started to get some relief now? That's what yeah. I put into the program. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, because I know you have a bigger course. What's the bigger course called for those who want to like dive in and like really get into this? Yeah, my um, my larger course is called Playtime Power, and and in that I go into uh, the really nitty gritty how to how to keep it safe, how to set the limits, how to how to use a three step process for. Um, you know, if they're trying to break the toys, if they're trying to, if they're violating my personal space, like how, what do I say? How do I say it? Like all those details are in that big program. Make peace, five, the five quick and proven steps struggling moms need now. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So this and again, is the, I'll give you a link. Yeah, it's the quick start guide. Um, and so you know, a while back we had uh, another woman come on who does homeschooling, has homeschooled for 13 years, really helping the moms who run businesses to get their kids doing the schoolwork. And this is why I really wanted to bring you on because I know as, you know, one of our listeners right now is saying the stage, the stage whisperer, the child whisperer, right? Um, that you have this, this expertise and this gift and it makes parenthood so much easier. I, I was hearing a, a person online who has a massive following. He said that what kids are missing is discipline. There's no discipline now, right? We don't spank our kids anymore. And it made me think of you. And I thought maybe it's connection. Like, are we, we're just not connected to people around us. And this goes for everyone, not just kids. We're not connected because these friggin' things right here, uh, our faces are glued to our phones and our faces are glued to our computers and that connection piece is gone. And so that's why I felt it's so important to bring you on. And with, with what's going on right now with people being around their families 24 seven, we need, this quick start guide to get going, right? We, we can then do this now and then dive into the, the bigger program later once we kind of at least have this started. So um, we will have all the links to be able to pick that up. But um, what is the price point on that? What's the investment for this mini course, Deborah? The mini course is um, $97. Awesome. So that's like a no brainer, especially uh, my kids softball has been canceled. All the camps have been canceled. All the other stuff I pay for with my kids has been canceled. Um, so that is such a thank you for bringing such a um, generous um, gift of, of the, the investment there being just 97. Um, really appreciate that. And I appreciate you giving us the five step process plus those seven, the seven benefits of play. Um, now is the time for anyone listening, uh, who is with us live. If you would like to ask a question, if you would like to share what the, you know, your biggest takeaway was right now, now would be the time to do that. Uh, as you're typing into the chat room, uh, would love Deborah for, can you just verbally share what's your website? What's, you know, any other social media, um, your email, any way else you want, uh, that people can get a hold of you. Um, and a reminder of, uh, of your free resources that, that people can access as well. Um, well, you can find me on Facebook at um, facebook.com slash Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-H Woods, W-O-O-D-S, N-C-C, Deborah Woods, N-C-C. And what's N-C-C? National Certified Counselor. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Deborah Woods, N-C-C. Um, my uh, website is magneticmoms.com. Um, if you go there, I have a resource page. Um, I actually have a, uh, a really uh, popular translation guide, all those things that kids say like, I hate you, what they really mean because they can't really express their feelings very well. They say those kind of things, but what do they really mean? <laughs> and so, so it helps you to translate those kind of things. That's awesome.
And then we'll have the link in the, for the podcast, the show notes. And that's so that, um, that you can get uh, access to the five-step process or the power, um, power play. Playtime power. Playtime power. Thank you. Um, that program as well, if, if you would like to get um, access to that course. And uh, what's your email in case anyone for some reason can't figure out how to, to pick up any of these courses? Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-H, at DeborahWoodsNCC.com. Perfect. Thank you. Um, just a comment here. Thank you very much. Your tips really underscore for me the importance of children having the need to be heard through play. And so biggest, biggest thing for me that I just want to put out there is 20 to 30 minutes of a special play that is done in a very specific way will give you the piece you need at home. Um, Candace says allowing kids to take the lead. Someone else says... Um, happy she, that she could access this. So thank you. You're very welcome. Um, it is my, my mission, part of my um, obligation and responsibility that I have this platform that I can share amazing resources from experts like you, Deborah. So um, a big thank you for you being here. Any final words for the moms out there who are pulling their hair out, going crazy with their children? I, th I think the most important thing is just simply that we've never, we've never experienced what we're experiencing in the world today as moms and gentleness and, and patience with ourselves. The kind of patience that, that we know our children need is the very same kind of patience that we need to have with one another. We are, we are doing an amazing job and we need to be sure to tell ourselves that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Much love to you, Deborah. Thank you for everyone who joined us live. Uh, if you are listening to the podcast and you're like, man, I wish I could see this on video. Uh, I wish I could um, access more of these amazing expert trainings. Then you need to join the Dynamic Women community, the global club. So I encourage you to jump over to dynamicwomen.ca uh, in order to check out what we're about and to join as a member so that you can get more expert trainings from people um, who share of their resources like Deborah Woods here. So uh, another final thank you to you, Deborah. Thank you for uh, sharing with us. Thank you for just your passion um, in the work that you do. I've seen it for um, you know, many years now, but also what I see in you is that you, you truly live this place of connection. You live in this place of respect of honoring and you do that with all the adults you need as well so thank you for that thank okay. you a big mock okay thanks thank you dynamic women for joining us today please hop on over to itunes to subscribe and leave us a review who do you know who needs to hear our message we'd love it if you'd share our channel with your friends and family if you're ready to be more dynamic have more balance and more success, head over to www.dynamicwomenclub.com forward slash free gift for your key to success book. Stay dynamic.